When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati again. We talked a little bit about it after the Bengals and Browns game. But DJ Reader, everybody on Twitter wants you to talk about Nick Chubb's father is what they call him. <laughs> Oh, man, that Nick Chubb's father, you know, the entire interior of the Browns yes. offensive line. And Nick Chubb is a good um, running back. He's one of the best oh, in the NFL. We've said that on here. Best in the NFL, I think, uh, mm-hmm. is fair to say. Nick Chubb's had two games under four yards per carry. There's uh, the game against Buffalo and this one. The next closest is like the 4.3-something that he had against the Bengals. And if you think of that game, you are not thinking that the Bengals really held up in <laughs> their run defense. It's like, not that they played terribly, but you're not going like, oh, they shut him down. No, he's been so consistently good this entire year that holding him under three yards per carry when the next closest other than the Buffalo game is 4.3, pretty insane. That's like two yards per carry difference. Uh, a whole Nick Chubb who's probably about two yards tall. Uh, but yeah, DJ Reader is awesome. I mean, the things he was doing to Joel Batonio, who's one of the best left guards in the entire NFL, you know, they tried everything with him. He beat doubles with Batonio, and uh, I think that was with the backup center. He dominated that backup center when they played, but that's to be expected. Uh, it was just surprising what he's able to do to Batonio. Because I think the world of Batonio, and I think probably a stalemate, multiple reps where DJ Reader gets underneath him in his pads, great hand placement to just lock him out and do whatever he wants. You know, there's a few reps that Joel Batonio is DJ Reader's, you know, like uh, blocking sled, basically. <laughs> he's just like, it's as if he's not there. He's just kind of running him around like, I. Look this way, look this way, throw him to the side, make the tackle. He made so many solo tackles or got involved in tackles on Nick Chubb as well. So, like, that was also awesome to see from a nose tackle. But there's that one. Then they just tried to cut block him at one point, and he just slams his hands down into him and forces, you know, Joel Batonio to hit the ground, goes over him, and then makes a tackle on Chubb. Uh, This guy is playing at an insane level. There's not – I don't think you could name three defensive tackles who play better run defense. And it, it sucks for the Pro Bowl and the All-Pro that you don't have a nose tackle. You just We get to vote on fullbacks. I voted for four fullbacks. The Bengals don't even have a listed fullback. We're Stanley. But, uh, like, there's, like, one, two, maybe three fullbacks who even matter in the NFL. Depends what you mean by matter. Like, you stick to the only one who really makes a difference. Other than that, you got a couple guys that are involved a bit. Why are we voting on these fullbacks, but we're not voting on those tackle? That's it, just a whole mess. And then when you're talking about Pro Bowl voting and stuff, that's just best pass rusher, you know? Who, how is Reader going to win that with, like, one sack when Chris Jones has double digits and, uh, you know, Jeffrey Simmons has 
eight or so or whatever, whatever's going on. Like there's defensive tackles with like high sack totals and that's the stat they show. Oh, this is all just Pro Bowl voting now. That's the stat oh, they show. Say about big, that. big, bold print is the sack total. That's that's the one they're trying to throw at you. Um, whatever. Like, <laughs> what about DJ Reader, Christian Wilkins, and Dexter Lawrence are like the three best run defending defensive tackles. Does that matter at all? No. There's no. There's nothing there for it. Um, whatever. I, I I think all Pro voters aren't going to care either and that just sucks too but if you just made nose tackle its own thing they'd have to at least care a little bit because none of these nose tackles are going to have five plus sacks yeah i mean the whole thing i'm just going to say something about the pro bowl because it's just so annoying it's the worst and the reason i feel bad for the players who deserve a pro bowl is because it's contract stuff they get bonuses they get comped for it and it just it's hall of fame too yeah it's it and the thing about last year joe burr Sorry, Lamar Jackson, you were not a pro bowler last year, and he was voted in the pro bowl over Joe Burrow and over other quarterbacks. And I think that's absolutely insane. Um, and that is not an AFC North bias or anything like that. That's just how I feel. And I felt about that way last year. It's so bad. It's so bad. They have to fix a way to do it. But the thing is, the people who vote on the MVP, um, even the pro bowl, I know it's teammates. Half these people don't watch every game. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, it's just a lot of time. So. I understand it to a degree, but they're watching the national games and maybe one afternoon game. Somebody brought up a good point, and this is nothing as Patrick Mahomes because he is one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. But Patrick Mahomes threw three interceptions in that Denver Broncos game, but he made a cool spin move, so we talk about that more, and nobody talks about – and, of course, if they would have lost, we'd be definitely breaking down the three interceptions. But you don't hear about his interceptions or anything. All right, one last thing on the Pro Bowl voting. From 2011 to 2016, Andy Dalton made three Pro Bowls. That he wasn't a Pro Bowl player in 2015. It was 2011, his rookie year, 2014, where he threw 17 interceptions and 19 touchdowns, and then 2016. How does that make sense? They didn't even include his best year. I don't know. Uh, the whole thing. Yeah, 2015 was, was his best year as a Cincinnati Bengal. Yeah, it wasn't in the Pro Bowl. 2011, 2014, 2016. Yeah. And Matt Stafford like made it once. <laughs> Which, and thing, we'll hear about it when the when the results come in. There's going to be like so many people over, you know, the talent the Bengals have on offense and defense. It's going to be it's just what it is. And it's unfortunate they're not one of those teams. I mean, I tell people all the time with this national narrative, you want to hear your team talked about. And there are a few good national NFL shows that will have that conversation. NFL Live did a segment on DJ Reader that tells you that staff. They listen, they watch the games, they know what's going on. Good morning football, they'll, they'll talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. You can't look at national stuff for validation. It just sucks for the players when it comes to contract time. And they're not getting voted into this stuff because it is money and they deserve it. And it's just, I don't know, it's a flawed system. And that's how I feel. Yeah, uh, it sucks. It so that's, suck. uh, uh, I guess, where we are. And I just wish the all-pro voting was like, a lot better it's really not like they'll do better than the pro bowl voting but as much as this stuff matters when you're talking about hall of fame stuff is what i think of but also yeah, yeah contracts and everything like that for the personal player um it it's just such a flawed system so like that's what's rough uh you think of willie anderson only has uh I think a couple all pros, but he was the best right tackle that entire time. This is why they, one of the reasons they changed. And now 
a right tackle wins the all pro, but in his time, he won three straight all pros from 2004 to 2006. And he was an all second team all pro in 2003, but there were like no right tackles that were ever being named all pros during that time because it was just offensive tackles. So unfair. I don't know. I think of all this stuff because, you know, these Bengals who are fringe and they don't have the pro bowl or the all pro or whatever else. Like, you listen to the guys that actually watch the game and talk about it. They talk about Willie Anderson like he was a 10-time All-Pro, which he should have been, or a 10-time Pro Bowler. He's a four-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, and that could keep him out of the Hall of Fame for a while. Hopefully not in general, but just like I think that's a reason these Hall of Fame voters are they're the same ones voting on All-Pro for the most part, So uh, at least some of them. So I don't I, know. I think- that, that's, what, that's what gets really frustrating about the whole All-Pro Pro Bowl thing because we could just say like, yeah, it sucks. But then contracts, Hall of Fame, all this other stuff, it's one of the biggest deals. And that's kind of how I am with that that MVP conversation. Look, it is, it's Jalen Hurts, and I feel it's Joe Burrell number two, but a lot of people want to put Patrick Mahomes up there. It's those three. And that's where the conversation ends for me personally. Those are your three quarterbacks, and it normally goes to a quarterback. But that stuff matters. When you play like an MVP, obviously the team wants a Lombardi, and at the end of the day, if you get a Lombardi, who cares if you won the MVP that season? But all of this stuff is extremely important. And Willie Anderson should be in the Hall of Fame. That's another flawed system. When you think of about the Hall of Fame voting. You know, a lot of people want to, you know, date it back to did your organization win? Do you have any wins? Or were you a problem child? Were you this? And it's just like, were you good at football? That's the only thing that matters. And it's just, you see so many people who are not in it. And I'll say this right now, Corey Dillon should be in too. Yeah, that's... Um, that's my argument. Oh, I just... Uh, Corey Dillon was talented enough, but I have he, not looked... It's not yet. Only, it's, he only played nine years... 49 Pro Bowl. I'm biased. But Willie Anderson, there's no bias there. You know that guy should be in. He should have been in years ago. Yeah. Also, Dylan had to play behind some bad Bengals offensive lines and offenses in general. So he was awesome. Especially he finally gets to New England and he runs for 1,600 yards. And I think everybody was just kind of like, yeah, that's how good he is. Like, I think Hall of Fame talent, but his accolades, like we just talked about, even statistics aren't going to show it as much, which sucks. I did not mean for this to be Pro Bowl or Hall of Fame talk, but I am going to add this little quick story about Corey Dillon. Um, we have been two people yelling at the clouds for this entire podcast so far with PFF and the All Pro Pro Bowl now. Yeah, we are very – we get off our lawn. Um, but I want to I want to say this about Corey Dillon and what I think is really cool. Um, obviously, everybody knows his time in Cincinnati. This happened like five years ago, this conversation. But everybody knows that that stuff that happened and how he ended up leaving Cincinnati. He, We had him on. I had a show Beyond the Stripes uh, a couple years ago with some of the Bengals writers. And one of the things we asked him was, you know, did you bring your Super Bowl ring back to Cincinnati when you came back for the 50th anniversary to be like, look, I got a Super Bowl ring when I left there. And he said, no, I mean, it wasn't like that. That wasn't his mindset at all. It was at home, like hidden somewhere. Um, but he, you know, finally has like a, a pretty good relationship with Cincinnati. And I don't know. I just like that stuff. Um, he was one of the players when I was growing up that was like, this is my team. This guy can run. They were terrible. They couldn't win. But he was fun and he was really good at football. So, you know, I hope that guy and and I kind of threw it out on social media. I know it's just ruler of the jungle and things like that. But I think it'd be really cool to bring him back for a game. Uh, They only have a couple couple more to go. But um, I don't know. What did you think of Corey in his his playing days? Uh, I was a little young. You were. Sorry. 
Yeah. Uh, so like the I was one when he started. <laughs> so you didn't really know much about Corey Dillon. I, I remember I remember New England Corey better. Like uh, that Super Bowl. I remember. I don't know. And then you look back and at statistics, you watch some games over when you're older, and he looks awesome. But uh, I guess Rudy Johnson. Uh, Cedric Benson were more of the guys that I was like. And Jarvis Greeno was coming in, guy who never fumbled, and then he fumbled when he came to Cincinnati. This is very much for yelling at clouds now. Sorry. <laughs> Yelling about 2013. All right, Jarvis we have to talk about this team. I really did not mean for it to go this route. But speaking, ah! of, speaking of running backs, that was definitely just a let's Perfect recap segue. I'm just recapping that right now. Willie Anderson should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Corey Dillon should come back for a Bengals game. But we're going to go to Doug Dennis because he brings up a great point. And we actually, we pretty much talk about him every show. Joe Mixon, Small JP Ryan, he puts in Travion Williams out there. Um, just wants to talk about their play. All run hard and all have that balance that keeps the defenses off Burrow. Burrow gets a lot of credit, and he's great, but the run game and the play action make it all possible. None of the other great quarterbacks have this luxury, and the balance might be what wins it all. So he wants to kind of just give credit to the running game right now. Yeah, uh, they should, and I have been saying it. I think the run offense is at best with Joe Mixon, and it looked like it on Sunday. Uh, not that P. Ryan played poorly or anything. I thought P. Ryan played well as well. They're both playing well. They are a dynamic duo. And I think the 60-40 split is just about perfect, what I would do with them uh, just for snaps in general. So I thought the Bengals did a really good job of managing this game with the two running backs. And I thought Joe Mixon played exceptionally, especially in that second half. I thought he was solid in the first half, but there was a, a few like, that could have been better, whatever else. Second half, he's running through, breaking a bunch of tackles. He's playing awesome football, reading the game really well. It felt like maybe there was just a little bit of rust or cobwebs early on and knocked those out. I think in the second half of this game, he played as well as he did against Carolina. And the stats really show it too because both games he ends with seven yards per carry. I loved the Samaj P. Ryan touchdown because even the cameras – couldn't find him when he got out of the the huddle and just kind of just started running and they ran all the way to the end zone. I'm like, I don't know how the guy got out of that, but I love that. And Samaj JP ran runs hard. But what I loved about it, the end result, when you look at the percentage wise, you know, Joe Mixon's getting most of the reps, but Samaj is still out there. They're not going to back off what's been working for them too while Joe Mixon is out. And again, just reminding people, enjoy it. Enjoy what you're seeing with this run game because we were complaining early on in the season that they can't run the football right now and now look at this offense. Oh, my goodness. I, I still remember all of the talks about the run game and fire Frank Pollock and, you know, the running backs are terrible, blah, blah, blah. Where we are now, pretty good spot. Blah, blah, blah. We're here now. <laughs> yeah, I'm just skipping over it. You know, go back to those podcasts if you want to hear my thoughts on one. We were, we were at the point where we were joking, but like debating maybe if it gets really bad this season, we can just have people call in uh, because it was just like an 0-2 start. The sky was falling and we didn't really know what was going to happen, but uh, things have uh, really turned around for this crew. It's been a nice five-game run now. I'm liking it right now. I'm going to get to more about this win streak and kind of the playoff picture if the playoffs were today and why I feel like it would benefit the Cincinnati Bengals next one. It's always game day in Cincinnati.